Hey, TC, what time is it? <laughs> mm, it's time that we teach kids the magic of hitchhiking, AKA time for a makeover. Hi guys, my name is Tony Coitus. And I'm Siege. And welcome to Movie Makeover, the podcast where we take the movies you love, think that you love, guilty pleasures or downright hate, and give them a much needed update. This week's movie is 1998's I'll Be Home for Christmas. Um, and we also have a guest this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, my name is Tyler <laughs> Zwick, and I'm here to remind you that it's heritage, not hate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, kidding. I'm not pro-South, so you're good. <laughs> Guys, you might remember Tyler from a previous podcast we did. Uh, he was in our um, Ashley movie, yeah. And you also did another one, Tyler. Which was the other one you did? Uh, <laughs> Day After Tomorrow. Day, Day after, after Tomorrow. That hunk of shit, yes. <laughs> I think we're all trying to forget Day After Tomorrow, so we don't, we don't hold it against you. The world has forgotten about day after tomorrow. That's why we're in the predicament we're in now. Well, I think oh. we figured out the ocean. Uh, <laughs> Beach, I didn't know you were a day after tomorrow sympathist. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Al Gore, it's the two of us in a Facebook group. <laughs> I bet Al Gore still is a big Facebook user. <laughs> oh, man. Um, guys, I'm very excited to talk to you about this movie in particular. Tyler, you may not know this, but uh, me and Siege host another podcast called Bra Meets World. And recently we were doing an interview uh, with uh, someone who was doing a report on uh, nostalgia. Yeah, yes. And we talked to her about 90s nostalgia and she told us that she recently watched this movie and it did not age well. So I thought it would be a good idea if we revisited it and see if there is anything that needs tweaks, and I think we can all just agree from the the, the get <laughs> that this is a perfect movie. Uh, I would like to disagree and say that Yasmin was dead on, and this movie was so. I think I tweeted you or texted you halfway through it, being like, "I hate this movie so much." <laughs> Tyler, this is your first time, last fourteenth uh, time seeing this movie. Where are you? Uh, this is uh, my first time, and I did a little bit of research in doing that, and I did not know that Jeffrey Epstein is JTT's birth father. So <laughs> that... <laughs> that leads us to our uh, our previews. Uh, this is where we tell you what we thought about the movie uh, when we first saw it. Our first impressions are even preconceived notions when it first came out. So, do you? Does anyone remember when this movie first came out? Like what you thought of it? Okay, so I, I did not see this movie in theaters. However, I saw it almost immediately upon its VHS release. And I remember thinking, that's that kid from Home Improvement that I like. And that's that one hottie from that one show. And uh, I remember that's as far as I got with it. And I remember, like last week's episode, that as a child, I got bored of this movie. So that just spoke volumes to me. It is amazing to me because that is a very, not, not accusing anyone else of anything else, but it's such a straight guy's reaction to this movie. It's like, oh, yeah, there's that, there's that one kid from Home Improvement that I liked, whereas every gay child and female was like, this is a JTT movie. <laughs> 100%. And I, 
I never saw it. I didn't even really kind of know that this movie existed. So I, before we even started, just recently watched the trailer, having known what the movie is. The trailer has things in it that don't even fucking happen in the movie. Like, it blows my mind. And so now I'm like, this is Cold War propaganda 100%. <laughs> yep, yep. The it's most iconic scene I remember from the trailers, even though, like, this is my first time seeing it as well, but the scene that I remembered from the trailer was the Marathon of Santas. Like, that is the only thing that I remember from this movie. Everything else completely evaporated from my mind. Like, I didn't know he was trapped in the suit. I didn't know it was, like, him going cross-country. I knew none of that. Um, and I, I think I was better for it. <laughs> can I be real with you guys? After re-watching this movie, I like it better than I did the first time. Wow. Well, I get, guess what? I'm not fucking watching it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to stay awful in my mind. I think, and I was telling Siege earlier that I think the reason why I kind of fucked with this movie was that Christmas with the Cranks scarred me so badly. <laughs> I was able to just like walk into this with zero expectations. I had zero expectations and somehow they were, they still weren't met. <laughs> like, like I want a refund for my money, even though I watched this on Disney Plus. Yeah, like, so going into it, I was just like, oh, it's a JTT movie. He's beautiful. Let's watch that. And now, post that movie, <laughs> I so genuinely wish that whatever thyroid disease he had in Home Improvement would have killed him. <laughs> like, <laughs> For the very first time, I, I will say, like, I, this movie made me question all other JTT performances. I watched this movie and I was like, wait, is he bad in all of them? I need to re-examine this. This movie ended his career, no? Yeah. Understandably. <laughs> Understandably. I would agree. <laughs> and also, I, he just, and this is kind of the Devin Sawa thing where he, like, aged not as good as, like, he was, like, he wasn't as cute as he used to be. No, let me say, I actually, it's really funny. Right, let's get to, because I have that for my, for my good and bad. So uh, let's, before we get too far, uh, give us a summary of the movie, T. Well, uh, directed by Arlene Sanford, who you guys will probably know from directing a very Brady sequel. Uh, <laughs> the produced by uh, Disney's uh, stepchild, Buena Vesta Pictures, I'll Be Home for Christmas follows a college student, played by Jonathan Taylor Thomas, TV heartthrob, who must make it from his campus in Los Angeles, California, to his family home in Lurchmont, New York, in time for Christmas dinner in order to win his father's Porsche. Um, yeah. And what I love is even in this summary, they don't include Jessica Biel at all. <laughs> like, like, it's a lie yeah. that he tells, and like, even the summary is like, nah, it's about the Porsche. Guys, um, this movie is boring. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very yeah. boring. And it is filled with so many bullshit scenarios. Like, yeah. he can't yell across a four-lane road when they're at that gas station to get her attention. It's the, I'm going to shuffle through traffic, I'm going to shuffle through traffic and stuff like that. It's just filled with so many of those stupid fucking situations to where they're, like, trying to create drama in inside. Yes. Of, oh, it's all of traffic. Well, so it's funny that you say that because this is one of my little nits. But he watches a show in Nebraska, like a news segment in Nebraska about 
a Christmas festival in another state. And I was like, this isn't CNN news. This is just like local television. Why on, why on earth would they be showing the morning newscast of a Idaho town in Nebraska? I gotta be honest, I'm flabbergasted that he made it outside of California. <laughs> this movie is full of this guy taking advantage of strangers, <laughs> delaying their holiday plans, not yes. giving a shit about anyone else but him and his poor twist. He eventually gives up only to inherit anyway. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I have all of that is, uh, in my response. What's the critic's response to this? Well, real quick, I want to play a game called uh, Guess That Box Office. Guys, I'm going to tell you the budget of this movie, and whoever gets closest to its box office return will Never win. Never have to watch this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so the loser will have to rewatch the movie several times. Um, this movie was made for a budget of $30 million. Tyler, how much did it make? Uh, I want to say like $40 million. Ooh, okay, 40 mil. Siege, how much do you think this $30 million film made back? I'm going to say 25. 25? CJ is the winner because yes. this movie brought in a disappointing $12 million. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, I thought it went, I thought it lost money. It felt it like it made half of its budget back, bro. Oh, wow. Man. Like, I don't. I'm really bad at guessing things in a pre-9-11 <laughs> world. My, I, <laughs> I can't do it. The way this guy gets on the plane. We're, oh, I yeah. Okay. We're, we're, on, oh, wait, oh, wait. oh, my God. The critics' response to this movie, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 23%, which I think is fair. Sounds high. <laughs> <laughs> IMDb gave it a 5.5. And Roger Ebert gave this movie one out of four stars saying it's it's calling it an exercise in cinematic oval teen <laughs> this movie will appeal to people who fail to care if nothing good happens in the movie just as long as nothing bad happens in it <laughs> oh, you know okay. I hate when a movie makes me agree with roger ebert and i completely agree with him on that this is the oval teen of movies for sure <laughs> Um, yeah, let's just let's just jump right into this. I want to know what you guys liked about this movie. I actually have good this time. I will say I, I have some goods, uh, but let's let our guests go first. Okay, so I just kind of made a a quick little list, and I can run through them real quick. Things that I liked: one, there's a Smash Mouth poster in Jessica Biel's room. Yeah, yes, thought yes. that was awesome. I saw the same thing, and I loved it. <laughs> uh, two. Dead mom reference within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Love it. Love it. Three. It's a Disney movie. Mom's got to die. Uh -huh. Three. There were pager pranks. Big fan of pager <laughs> pranks. Uh, four. This had a young child in baggy overalls. Love that. Adorable. And then the final one is um, in the scene where JTT is practicing his ho 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 to the kid in the bathroom. Uh, the kid doesn't wash his hands. He and doesn't, then wash, just, he doesn't wash his hands. <laughs> uh, so that's really funny because I had some of the same ones. Like um, I wrote that the pager prank. I like it. Like it's funny because it's time. Like even like it's still. It just feels real. Like I I was a childer that time, but it seems legit real and completely. 90s stakes uh if that makes any sense that was like the one fun plot line that i had with this 
Um, my number one good of this movie, JTT's looks. I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie. He's, he's like, I'm in 2019, and I'm like, kids still got it. Like, yeah, I know that I'm talking about a barely legal child at this point in time, but his looks are, are working for him. And I wanna point out, he does say he's 18, so this is all above board. <laughs> okay, so I have a question. Was he in college or high school? Because they made it seem like he hasn't been back in years for Christmas. This is supposed to be high school, it seems. No, no, no. Dude, in the summary that TC just read, it said college. Ah, so maybe it's so confused. It is unclear. That's literally one of the things I wrote down. I was like, is this high school? Is this college? There's Why dorms, there but there's lockers? Like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> And if, I, I could be wrong, but I've seen this high school in a few other things, too. I, I don't know, Siege, if you remember, like, noticed it from anything else, but I think it was the high school from the OC, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Like, again, like, I'm looking at it. Like, it's weird because the summary also just said it was Los Angeles, but it opens up in Pasadena. So I'm like, you know, like, get your California geography correct, you know? Question to CJ specifically, because you drove from New York to California. Yes. I wanted to know how long did that drive take you? So it uh, it's on average it would take twenty two hours, I believe. Like if you like nonstop, um, and you stopped in a Bulgarian town. <laughs> I have that in my bag. Like the, it has to be cheaper to fly than it than it would be to drive cross country and stay at several hotels. Like I'm sorry. No no reason. I'm getting us way off topic. I'm so sorry. I, I do want to piggyback on what you your number one was, which is that I like JTT in this movie. Like, I thought he was charming. I mean, there's there's uh, many points in this movie where I thought he was so douchey and pretentious, but for most of it, I'm like, you know what? When you lay the charm on, I can see it. I can see why you work in this. Well, so it's funny because I was like, he's gorgeous, and it's just it's just sad that he never grew. Like, in all honesty... The reason why he's not a star is just because he never got taller. Like, Devin Sawa, he still works. But you know who doesn't work anymore? The kid from The Sixth Sense. Why? Because once you don't grow after you are a child star, America's done with you. They like their men to be at least 5'5". Five, five. That is something... Oh, go ahead, I was going to say, uh, a lot of people don't know, Jessica Biel had to surgically have nine inches removed from her leg <laughs> just to uh, make it to where they were the same height. Yo, there were so many times I was like, that kid's on the fucking apple box in this scene. He is not as tall as Jessica Biel. There's no, no way. I never noticed that, but now that you pointed it out, I'm pretty sure you're accurate. There's a lot of them, like, standing on hills and stuff <laughs> like that. Okay, oh, I have a few things. That, oh, yeah, some, go ahead. Some other goods. Uh, the fact that this movie makes the argument that most of the men in this world are stupid. I'm a very big fan of that because most of the men in this world are stupid. Uh, sure. We will talk about, I think his name's Nate later or Nolan. Nolan. Nolan later. But I like that the movie seems to agree that most men in this world are idiots. And I don't know if that was just like some kind of underhand uh, intern who was just like putting these details in, but uh, I was in favor. I also like the first three-fourths of the character, Allie. Like, the first three-fourths of the movie, she's golden. She stands up for herself. She sets boundaries. She's almost, like, modern with her pro-feminist and no racist or sexist or any of these kind of jokes. And she stands up for her boyfriend. 
but they lose it the last the last little bit where she just forgives him and all this other stuff. I was like, that's bull. This this kind of girl who you just told us about doesn't just give in because he showed up with a horse and sleigh. Have you seen his goddamn dimples? All right. <laughs> they could melt metal, steel beams. No. You know what? That, like I didn't take the the dimples into consideration. Um the last few things I have. Esteban, the kid who plays Esteban. That kid is freaking adorable. Um it seems like there's a whole subplot of him being separated from his parents, which is really funny considering that this is 2019. But, um, and there's also like some kind of jingoist joke of him listing all of his Hispanic family members. Uh, I, like, I was like, oh, I get your subtle racism here. Let's not pretend. <laughs> oh, you didn't get that from when they were doing the 5K and the black guy walked by and they were oh, like, yeah. don't give us a run for our money. <laughs> they, they go, Kenyan, right? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I was, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, the fact that it took so long for a hot white team like JTT to be picked up on the side of the road, uh, I like that. And uh, the use of NSYNC at the end, that, that was... Uh, Underused. Uh, if you got a hit like that, use it in the goddamn movie. What are you doing? I mean, I'm here for it. Uh, you could also tell that they must have really shelled out some fucking cash for that NSYNC song because all the other songs in here sound like Kid Bop's versions of Christmas <laughs> songs. They're awful. Jessica Biel at one point is listening to techno yodeling in the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, a few things I liked about this movie, and you guys mentioned most of them already, but there was a few things. One is that I like the overall premise of this movie like the whole idea of like a kid not wanting to go home for christmas because he doesn't want to be around his dad's new wife that just makes sense to me him having to overcome that and find the spirit like the meaning of family and all that stuff that idea i think makes enough sense for me to be on this ride with him i just think what happens after that is just a series of boring encounters that make me care less about him as the movie goes on um but that premise, I enjoyed quite a bit. That pitch, you're right. I think I could work with that pitch. <laughs> but the way that this movie executes that pitch and the plot that it uses to get us there, complete garbage. The, the one other thing that I liked was the children's hospital scene. I was like, oh, I kind of wish this was this movie. Like, I kind of wish it was him, like, kind of doing random acts that lead him to know more about love and Christmas and family as the movie goes on. But I just feel so sloppy and just it goes all over the place that I don't think it stays in that realm long enough for it to um, be meaningful. So. So that hospital scene, I was thinking, like, if I could have, like, done something, it would have been pretty funny if he was just kind of, like, the kid's like, oh, yeah, I want to see all of my family members and all of this. And he was just like, but you've got, like, bad bone cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to work out. Oh, yeah, or, like, just a cut to a doctor who's, like, is, you know, like, not, yeah, not the slash the throat. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Uh, Guys, is there anything else you liked about this movie? That's pretty much the cap of like what I... Oh, uh, I wrote the 1957 Porsche. Like the car itself is a nice car. That's like, that's what I'll give you. Uh, one thing I did like is how fucking bummed out the dad was that he had to spend Christmas with the rest of his family. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
God. You could tell the daughter was trying to, like, win the dad's love by using her birthday money for JTT, too. Oh, was, I have such a question. Like, I have questions about that. Like, does she get a refund because the ticket was never technically cashed in? Like, like does that happen? Because otherwise, he wastes her money. And I'm almost positive that the Taliban watched this movie to figure out how to get into the planes for 9-11. It's so <laughs> a clear path of how to just completely avoid security. You have a password? All right, yeah. <laughs> Go right on. Password is just as good as a state-issued ID. <laughs> so JTT is responsible for 9-11. Here's the thing. Honestly, I would watch that movie. <laughs> oh, my God. That, oh. If JTT was on the plane where they like fought the terrorist into the cockpit and then down the plane. <laughs> Guess I'm not making it home for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you uh, use any of that. <laughs> let's talk about the bad guys. What did you, what did you hate about this movie? The opening credits with just a stupid Santa hat bouncing around from state to state. Felt like it went on for 40 minutes. It was (laughs) miserable. It was awful. Uh, I also had, is this a high school or a college? Uh, You guys put JTT's looks in the good. I have them in the bad. I said JTT looks like such a dickhead, like he won't stop talking about his tech deck collection. Um, (laughs) And then um, also the father gives off a vibe that before JTT went to college, he taught him how to like roofie a drink correctly and probably told him, don't let some snooty bitch decide if you get to fuck her or not. <laughs> I could see that coming out of the dad's mouth. <laughs> this uh, movie is quite problematic at parts. Um, okay, so I wrote that in my bad, the plot. Like, just like, let's run down some things here. One, in order for them to take him and move him out into the desert, one of two things has to happen. He has to either be drugged or knocked out to the point where he has a concussion because he doesn't remember. Those are our only two options to get him from the party to the middle of the desert and glue a costume on him for him to not remember any of that. So this dude is either walking around with a concussion or was recently drugged by four other college boys. And I doubt they stopped at just putting his clothes on. I have a question about this portion of the movie. Um, This is attempted murder, correct? Yes, that's what I know. It's definitely attempted murder. Because JTT is like hardly upset by it. He's like, "Uh, they got me, those guys. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? He runs into him in Jessica Bill's hotel room and he's like, oh, why I oughta? Dude, you tried to murder me. I do kind of hope it was a like they knocked him out really hard because I would love to see a follow-up movie where JTT is 40 and has crippling CTE and like he can't function. He's, his emotions are constantly raging back and forth and the movie ends in a murder-suicide with him and Jessica Biel. Like that dream movie. Well, what? Like they did kill him just from the weather alone. I was like, him being out in the desert by the way, when it starts to get cold the first time, like, or sorry, when the sun starts to go down, I'm like, dude's gonna die. The, the desert gets rigidly cold and he has polyester covering him. And then it starts to rain. I'm like, oh, dude, you are dead. There is no way you're making it out of this. And then they showed that he walked another apparently 
350 miles. <laughs> he walks so far, and then he ends up sleeping outside in the snow. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> okay, and that entire scene of him palling around. Santa? Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I wrote, I, I have this later, because my next, I have a list that I'm going to get into this. But um, I will say that this movie to me, JTT is giving me strong Tim Allen vibes. Like, yes. So, like, yes. I can see Tim Allen's influence in this, specifically in that scene. And I'm like, I am seeing a kid who was raised by Tim Allen, who's kind of giving me Tim Allen's shtick. And even the plot itself kind of feels like, what if Tim Allen's character, Scott Calvin, was actually a teenager and had to go through this exact same feat? Like, that's what I'm getting. Bro, I wrote the exact same fucking thing down. And honestly, when he first woke up in the desert and he had the hat and beard on, I thought, oh, he kind of looks like Tim Allen, too. And he just, last week, you said that Tim Allen often plays like a white man with a gripe. And this is that in, yes. in, in a teenage form. So, I mean, this was, uh, it's so funny that you brought that up because that was one of the like, first things. In all honesty, like, when you look at this movie, it feels like it was written for adults and no adult would pick it up so they switched it to being a teenager you know what i mean right. like it just works better if this is an actual adult comedy bro if you don't think they built this movie around jtt you're fooling yourself <laughs> right they knew they had gold <laughs> oh my god i would pay anything to see an adult Tim Allen trying to bed a young Jessica Biel as a college student. <laughs> well, like, I mean, because that's the thing. Like, another thing that I wrote is there. this movie is so horny. This movie is talking about sex all the time. Like, they're just kind of, like, and for a Disney movie that's supposed to be aimed at kids, uh, what are some of the things that I wrote? Oh, when JTT is like, I'm a giver. <laughs> when, uh, which that line is, like, definitely supposed to be something um talking about waking neck up next to jessica bill they literally um removed the towel from eddie that scene i it. want to mm -hmm. talk about <laughs> and then also the last one is when max is like i'll make it up to you on the velvet skirt under the christmas tree i'm like again this is a kids movie and you're talking about pounding your girlfriend underneath the christmas tree <laughs> uh, publicly the the dumb, dumb Lloyd Christmas that's in the movie that picks him up. Um, oh, wait, they, Nolan, Nolan. Nolan. They find Jessica Biel driving, and for whatever reason, this guy thinks JTT is legit Santa. And he <laughs> says some, something to the effect of, like, oh, Mrs. Claus is letting another man down her chimney, and she's a two-time in hoe. And I was like, Jesus Christ, what's the rating for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, something I want to bring up that really caught me off guard um, was, uh, I know Tyler had the beeper uh, scheme in his good. Um, I put that in my bad specifically because I don't know if you guys noticed the test that they were trying to cheat, but it <laughs> was 100% a Black history test. The two questions were <laughs> Frederick Douglass and abolitionism. If there were any more people that needed to pass a Black history test, it would be these white jocks from Southern California. Why oh. are we just letting this go by? Let's not forget that the lead jock of this is actually a black or a person of color named Brantman. And I was so upset with Brantman. 
I was like, first of all, who names himself Brant Man? If my name was Brant, I'd find any way I could to beef it up as well, because (laughs) Brant. I have another question real fast. Is JTT exploiting a nerd for homework and backstage passes to Dave Matthews? That relationship riddled me with questions. All right, so I wrote that here. Like, another one of my bad is just Jake the character. And these are all the reasons that Jake is the worst. I have a list. Um, He treats his friend Ian like a lackey. Uh, I thought that was his assistant, bro. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's a hacker, or Ian's a hacker, and he uses Ian to hack. Um, He's a hustler. He commits fraud. He tells Max not to apologize to his girlfriend. Instead, he says, let her come crawling back to you. He delays an entire bus full of people on their way to New York, jeopardizes missing his family's Christmas, and lies about an organ transplant, all to catch his girlfriend with Eddie. Um, And by the way, on that storyline, which we'll get to later, how would he even find a girl who needs a transplant in a village? They drop him off in the middle of the square, not a hospital. So I have a lot of questions about that transplant, specifically that JTT assembled the transplant uh, cooler using the materials of the patrons of the bus. Yet he was able to use those materials to convince those same patrons that that cooler had a liver in it. Did the guy not really slice a sandwich? Yeah, he takes a cooler from a guy who were like, that was your cooler. Would you not be like, yo, that's my cooler? <laughs> it's written um, in crayon. What are you doing? <laughs> a few other things that uh, Jake does. He steals a horse from a parade and then misses his dad's deadline um, all to, hold on, to let Tracy know, just to like, sorry, and he lets Tracy down, again, wasting her money just to say hi to Jessica Bill's character before he goes home. It is a power move because I was like, he knows that no matter what, he's still getting that car. So at this point in time, everything is just like a wash. He's like, I made it this far. I've gotten, everything's worked on my uh, side. I'll still get the car and I could just pull this Trump move and interrupt Allie's Christmas before I go to my family, who by the way, has been waiting. 100%. He's such a raging dick. Like, and it's just like, he is the affluenza teen. Like, he doesn't understand responsibilities. He doesn't understand consequences. And he will also go and do this shit of just being like, okay, yeah, like, there has to be other rambunctious kids that are just doing this. This is just shenanigans and shit like that. Like, It is definitely white kid doesn't understand consequences. 100%. Yeah. Well, he has a lot of Zach Morris type qualities. Like when you were yeah. listening to this, then that's what he reminded me of. It was very Zach and Screech with him and Ian in the beginning, and then um, he just has that same like the whole Zach Morris is trash. All I kept thinking was that uh, while watching this character because he's just full of like hustles and schemes and a lot of illegal activity, and everyone just is like boys will be boys, and I'm like no criminals will be criminals. (laughs) You're right. I mean, the fact that he delays... The thing that got me about the the transplant thing specifically was that so many people's trip was delayed, and they just... They were like, hey, you smell like shit. (laughs) You should be the one who delivers this transplant. Not the (laughs) 
government guy we have on the bus. We elect you. Why? Which I love that you brought that up. He has to smell terrible, right? Because oh, he, he has to crazy. smell like absolute shit, bro. He doesn't <laughs> wash his dick once. In Not this once. Movie. I was like, he smells like pure ball sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Polyester in the snow in the desert in the in the cage with the dog on a flight. No, he throws up on himself in the old lady's back seat. At the beginning, you're right. That was like day one. Oh. So he's definitely just pure garbage at this point in time. The fact that no one like tried to commit him to an asylum. <laughs> I have something that uh, is, is an issue with the main plot of the movie. Um, if you have to give your kid a car so he'll come home, you need to work on your relationship with your kid. That's not stable or healthy for anyone. Let's keep rewarding this future investment banker for his bad, selfish decisions. That's how we build the financial crisis, all right? It's actually really funny because I even wrote, even when he's like, quote unquote, apologizing to his stepmom, he doesn't apologize. He's just like, what's your sweater size? Like, like, Asking like, a woman her size is not a flattering thing, JTT. I've learned this the hard way. You should too. This is yeah, I mean, it's like, there's no like, sorry, I was a dick. Sorry, I've been avoiding all of you. It's just like, hey, if I learn your sweater size and try to keep that in mind, I'm not going to write it down or anything. <laughs> I'm just going to. How can ask. you not love me? I'm JTT. <laughs> uh, it is amazing what we let dimples get away with. Well, and then one weird thing I kept thinking about the entire time is I was like, is this in a universe like where kids like just this rambunctious shenanigans shit? happens all the time like our kids constantly doing this like is he like one of 1300 other kids <laughs> that's just making their way home and like sneaking onto planes and hitchhiking and shit that's what i had a question about because this movie makes hitchhiking seem normal as fuck and in 1997 it was not ted bundy ruined hitchhiking like <laughs> let's be real guys like this thing was not something that you should be encouraging children to do well, Call your parents. If you notice, he doesn't he doesn't get picked up by a lot of people. He gets picked up by a naive white woman and by someone who almost tries to run him over. Those are the only two people who give him rides like without really knowing him. The cop gives him a ride as a bargaining chip and then buys him a bus ticket. So only two people actually pick him up and neither one picks him up from hitchhiking. I will say that. I saw something to where that cop scene was actually supposed to be different. The cop took the new job because he was previously a cop in uh, Ferguson. And yes. then they, he had he had what he would quote an oopsie. And then he had to leave because people started lighting the town on fire. So, uh, yeah. uh, speaking of that, scene, by the way, <laughs> JTT threatens an Asian woman in this. How do we all feel about that? What's yeah, he, he does. <laughs> the hotel receptionist when he asked for private information on guests and the Asian woman politely says that's not our policy and he grabs her almost by the throat and says I'm Santa I'm an entitled old white man you have to let me do this the exact quote because I wrote it for my quotables later is policy doesn't apply to me I override policy and by the way he, he's not like he doesn't have ID or he's not like pretending to be uh, the owner or like a guest he's literally just like i'm white i want this to happen make it happen 
He was quick. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but that's how shit happens. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you just got a quick peek to the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Disney's peeling back the layers of this onion called whiteness. <laughs> Oh my God. Hey, uh, I have another question I want to talk to you guys about. Oh, okay. So we Siege mentioned this earlier. There's a scene where JTT goes into the hotel room of Jessica Beal and Jake. And Jake is wearing a towel and he's like, you know, trying to get a rise out of JTT. JTT wait. has a choice to make. And wait, the wait, choice wait. he makes is. Do you mean Eddie? Eddie. Yes. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. I just want to follow. Yes, yes, yes. So Jake, played by Jonathan Taylor Thomas, sees Eddie in, in the hotel room, and he sees him wearing a towel, berating him, and he has a choice to make. And the one he makes is, I'm going to remove this guy's towel. In the hopes that his dick is so small, yeah. that it will embarrass him into retrieving, which it did, but there was also a 50-50 chance that Eddie had a big honking throbber. And you could have just lost Jessica Beale in that moment. Like, what are we doing? What? That's such a roll of the dice move. I would never think to do that. I would never think to do that, but I'm telling you, Eddie and JTT have seen each other naked before. That's what I'm going with. I do also wish Jessica Beale would have just been like, what, what do you think you're going to happen here? I saw that thick thermos last night, all right? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, Can we talk about Eddie a little bit? Yes, please. Um, this, Siege, did you find his behavior to be problematic at all? Um, well, quite a bit, but like, here's the thing. First of all, I was like, I hated the character and the actor. I hated both of them. Forgettable. And first of all, the actor and the character are not a hot enough to be behaving this way. I mean, most white men aren't, but still, this particular one, I expected like a Ryan Felipe or someone to give me like, like actual attitude and, and someone worth being an adversary to JTT. And this guy, I couldn't pick him out of a bundle of sticks. No. So there's that. Um, and then additionally, they just do so many things with his character where it's like, there's a moment for them to have a heart to heart. And like with him and Allie, and they just let it, like, it's a letdown. Like, there's that scene where he genuinely asks her, hey, what does he have that I don't have? And that's, like, a moment. And instead, they give, like, an E.E. E. Cummings quote. And once he's like, I don't get it, they just like, all right, he's an idiot. No, she didn't give a real answer. She just gave a, an E.E. E. Cummings quote. One, that was stupid to begin with and shouldn't have worked on her. And it's not his fault that he didn't get it. But then the fact that he starts off his poetry with, there once was a man from Nantucket. I was like, and we've lost him. <laughs> Wouldn't it have made, made for a much better movie if Eddie was a little charming and JTT yeah. really had to pull out the stops to make sure that he was able to keep Jessica Biel's attention? Like, isn't that a better plot? That's what I thought this movie was doing. I thought that the movie was going to be like, hey, actually, it turns out that he's asking questions. He's learning. They have a real connection. And at the end, she has like a real choice to make because turns out Eddie's just been trying hard. He lets his guard down. He's not as much of a dick as we once thought. And JTT, who we've seen the entire time be a dick, is actually someone worth her leaving Eddie for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Tyler, did you have any hot takes on Eddie? Uh, I don't get <laughs> when they have universes to where you're like, if everyone was this fucking dumb, the world would crumble. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this guy got into a college? Like, it just blows my mind. Like, I just, I feel like that's such a cheap way out of doing any actual character development to just make them dumb and 100%. they did also, that with a lot of characters in this they eliminate him without cause either because like because he's supposedly a dick to the cops the cops just take him in like they don't show him committing any crime other than saying hey douchebags get out of the way i would have loved uh he's got a gun and then <laughs> just... <laughs> DJ, I don't know what you're talking about. As far as I know, cops don't need a reason to arrest you. That's uh, a very good point. I mean, to be fair, we are in the Midwest at this point in time. <laughs> and he's a little uh, too tan. <laughs> I want to talk quickly about the 5K run. Um, there is a scene in which nuns are holding signs that say, Jesus loves Santa. And um, I'm pretty certain Jesus don't love Santa. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I think if Jesus had beef with anyone, it would be the motherfucker that stole his birthday. My birthday's the day after Christmas, and I'm furious with Jesus. I can't imagine how he feels. I can't. I completely agree. So that, that, that seems interesting because there's, like, I don't know if you guys saw it, but, like, one nun, like, checks out a runner, and the priest just, like, gives her a look, and she's, like, guilty. I'm like, what's that storyline? Let's focus there. <laughs> That like sounds this. very interesting. The whole town that the 5K happens in, I, I feel like is like the plot, like some other TV show that he stumbled across. Absolutely. Most of these are like, again, vignettes where I'm like, I think these side stories are somewhat more interesting than anything that we're really running to do. Not interesting enough, right? Yes, yes. No, you're out of your mind. I would totally watch a movie where it's like a nun questioning her faith and she's just got like this burning sexual desire and she's like in the church crying and then Creed's My Own Prison starts playing in the background. Like, I mean, in all fairness, the two other bands we see mentioned in this movie, Dave Matthews and Smash Mouth. So I feel like you're on the right road for the soundtrack, bro. Absolutely. Um, something else I want to say is that this is the second movie we've seen with Tyler in which someone steals, uh, steals a horse to try to get to someplace in a hurry. <laughs> Are we just allowing thing. people to steal horses in America? Like, is that something you could do? Is it like the West where it's like, if you can get on the horse, it's yours now? Question. Did they let him keep that horse at the yes, end of the movie? they did! They let him keep the horse and sleigh! I wrote it in my notes! <laughs> Dude, pre-9-11. <laughs> they they specifically wrote new horse law in the Patriot Act. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, he's dressed as Santa." All right, well, th th he complimented the guy's wings, and he's like, nah, "Thanks," and just walks off, leaves the sight. Like, that's how they deal with everything in this goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, okay, can we? Because, like, to go back a little bit to talk about Max and Nolan. Nolan is the the obviously troubled maybe high maybe hitting the head one too many times driver of the van um who admits to fencing next to the cop <laughs> like like he literally is like i i should really stop fencing stolen goods and then the next panel they shift and the cops like a phone booth away from him didn't hear any of that because he's trying to apologize to his girlfriend who he cheated on. 
So I was like, what world am I in right now? Dude, the cop's not on alert for that guy. He's watching out for the, you know, the, the runners. The black guy <laughs> and the bins. <laughs> I genuinely think I missed that because I immediately started Googling the cast of this movie. And then I was like, that's the little girl from Look Who's Talking 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were this close to doing that movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, does anyone have anything else about this movie that they want to talk about? Uh, I just wanted to write on the fact, uh, two things really quickly. Um, Nolan is not smart enough to be the head criminal, so he, but he has definitely been present while a few murders have happened. Um, and then also that Max is a terrible cop um, who cheated on his girlfriend and then interrupted her at work making a scene uh, where she clearly got fired. And, and everyone at the back. restaurant was just okay. They were okay <laughs> with what was happening. I, I was would boo. Comfortable. Me and Tyler have been at a coffee place where someone started breaking out stand-up comedy, and I've never seen Tyler more uncomfortable in my goddamn life. I literally, I literally thought I was having a heart attack. <laughs> I, I, my, my right, my left arm was tingling. I was like rubbing it, just trying to will away a heart attack. Uh, it was that, miserable. Yeah. Um. Uh, should we take this to the lobby? Take it to the lobby. All right, so uh, Siege, why don't you tell uh, Tyler here what our lobby segment is? The lobby is our new intermission segment where we talk about uh, movie trivia, movie impacts, and our personal highs and lows for the movie. Uh, do you guys have any movie trivia? Um, yes, I have some trivia. Um, well, Jonathan Taylor Thomas' character, Jake, uh, was left unconscious in the desert, and that mirrored what happened to his character, Simba, in The Lion King with the vultures. Yeah. Um, John, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by NSYNC plays during the end credits. 14 years later, Jessica Biel would be married to the lead singer of that band, Justin Timberlake. Ooh. Never heard and of him. on Seventh Heaven, both Ali and Eddie, the actors, had different characters on that show, but they actually did end up dating on that show. So they had a previous relationship as well. Um, yeah, I mean, this is... Oh, and one other... Thing I thought I'd mention because I think Tyler likes this movie. Um, the Chevy Chase film Man of the House with <gasps> JTT. I love that I've movie. I've never seen that movie. JTT previously starred in a Disney movie called Man of the House in 1995. In that film, he helps a bully kid out of a school locker just like he does in this movie. So, right, so Man of the House is what's actually funny is Man of the House is JTT's character getting used to having uh, Chevy Chase as a stepdad. That is the plot of Man of the House. All this okay. kid knows is step parents. <laughs> they, they, he, okay, one, pushing people and putting them in lockers is a national epidemic that I'm <laughs> glad that JTT is taking the forefront of tackling. Uh, two, I can only hope that every single time a step parent is reduced, a parent had to die. So <laughs> there's just, you got to swap them out. He's killed a lot of people. He's directly responsible. This is a, uh, what is it, Schrodinger's cat? <laughs> <laughs> um, right, uh, now we have uh, sweet treats and stale popcorn. That's basically our the best and the worst of this movie. Again, uh, sweet treats would be like some of the best surprises or things that you really liked and stale popcorn. What didn't age well or what is like total garbage. Uh, do you guys have either or? Um, yeah, I'll say for the, I think the best part of this movie 
um, was knowing how many people's Christmas was ruined in JTT's wake. That was <laughs> something that I took enjoyment out of. Um, and to me, I think the worst part of this movie was like the middle, like the entire second act I could have just done without. Yeah, 100% agree. So, um, I would say some of my uh, sweet treats, really only one sweet treat, is when JTT tells his nerd friend to, quote, get on the net. I thought that was <laughs> awesome. Uh, other than that, the whole movie's a hunk of shit. And that is the bad popcorn the entire movie. <laughs> oh, that's funny, because, like, all right, so for me, um, what I, I wrote down is still popcorn. The graphics in this, there's like a scene where they're zooming out from the 5K race and it's clearly all just digital and it's terrible graphics, uh, absolutely terrible. Like it's almost like that um, early Toy Story inside of a snow globe kind of look, um, which I just thought was really interesting. Uh, so that didn't really hold up well. And uh, of course the misogyny, that's... Uh... <laughs> That, that's well, outdated to me. I think in comparison to the amazing visual effects that we have in the movie where Michael Keaton becomes a snowman dad. Uh, oh, that no dad's is... better than no dad, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one thing I want to point out was that uh, I don't like that he gave the money back after winning the 5K. If God wanted those people to have turkeys, he would have made <laughs> the mayor win. That didn't yeah. happen. This Go church on. isn't working hard enough. Yeah, exactly. Clearly, he didn't care. He stopped and watched JTT pick up his hat. Keep running. He's the mayor, first of all. So it's like, you, you, by the way, you could just help, like help push it through some policies that raise taxes a little bit, and then everyone is able to afford a turkey dinner or something like You're that. You're telling me you couldn't raise enough money? It was $10 a pop to be in this 5K. How much are turkeys? Let's talk about that. <laughs> I just, I just feel like it's a scam. And then also, how much did, like, he gave it all back? That can't be right. No, he at least paid for his taxi. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So you had to keep, you, you had to keep some. So I don't know. This is just three hundred dollars. It's nothing. If it was like three thousand, maybe. But geez, come on. Also, uh, all right, let's just paint a picture. This kid comes into town out of nowhere. He's not registered. Someone else pays for him to get registered. He wins the race that everyone in town thought the mayor would win. And then they immediately hand him, not a check, cash. <laughs> and then he bounces out of town. Yeah. Right, he, he pretends to be a dog to get on a flight. Like, <laughs> this whole movie's a cartoon. I, I don't know. The mayor is directly responsible for those people not having turkeys on that. Absolutely. He That's paid for him to be in the race. He then watched him pick up his hat and then lost to him like an <laughs> idiot. Yeah, I, this movie this movie's pretty terrible. Um, any favorite quotes that stand out to anyone? Okay, I have a few quotes here. Not all of them are my favorites, but ones that I thought were notable. Um, when did I become your slave? The day you were born. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, right off the bat. <laughs> There's a um, lot of people in which that's a true statement. Uh, <laughs> we'll ignore that. You're not so cute in the morning. I'm kind of glad nothing happened. Eddie the Charmer. <laughs> that's a classic uh, Nathan Scott line, though. That's that classic, like, I'm a douchebag, but I know you kind of like it. Just nega. Nega. 
policy doesn't apply to me. I override policy. Um, not even the rain has such small hands, which again, stupid. I don't care if it's coming. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like out of context, like why would that mean anything to you? And then lastly, this is, this. I have to admit, this was one of my favorite quotes. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't mention the car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, before we move on to our final segment, we just want to remind you guys to follow us, subscribe, and submit your own I- ideas to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher, all under Movie Makeover. And you can find us on our social media at Movie Makeover on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can email us at moviemakeoverpod at gmail.com. Um, now well, we are on to our makeover. Yeah, yo. Yeah. All right. So before we do that, I. <laughs> Something I wanted to start doing, there are two little segments that I just thought of specifically for this movie, and I think it could apply for movie now. One, Minority Report. Would this movie work as is? The script is exactly as it is, but with a black lead. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And I can tell you why. One, uh, black people would not get picked up as hitchhikers. They would immediately get picked up by the police. Uh, <laughs> there is so much theft that needs to happen in this movie that a black person wouldn't even consider as an option. Um, uh, and I mean, a lot of this is depending on the kindness of strangers to just be like, uh, maybe we should delay our entire bus schedule to help this kid out. That shit wouldn't happen with a different minority. At least I believe so. Um, but I could be wrong. Also, I don't think a black dad would have to give a kid a Porsche to, for him to come home. Just guilt works yeah, fine. Exactly. That's one of my things. I wrote, the cop scene alone, he doesn't have a license, mind you, and most likely no registration, and he's not sweating at all. Can you imagine if he was Muslim trying to do that air- airplane thing? <laughs> Guys. And then also reminder, the mayor invites this strange white kid to spend Christmas with them, for no reason. They know nothing about him, and he's like, I can set a table. Well, I mean, all they know about him is that he, he smells like shit, and he just gave away $300, so. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, the only thing is that, so the minority port actually plays into the, if we could recast it, I would want to see JTT's role played by Idris Elba, but Idris Elba from The Wire, where he is a drug kingpin. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) That's a completely different movie that I'm here for. Well, see, you know what? This Minority Report reminds me of a segment you brought to my attention earlier. Yes, which is what I would like to call the next one, which is what role could LL Cool J play? Like... We oh my god, this is amazing. We've yeah. done so many movies where LL Cool J just pops up and you're like, what are you doing here? So that made me think that going forward, I want to see what role could LL Cool J play and that would make this movie better. So my my vote is that he plays the gas station attendant who first finds him. I Oh, I have one. Um, I think LL Cool J would play the cop based on his role in Halloween H2O. I feel like him trying to win over an ex that he did wrong and needing help makes a lot of sense. And LL Cool J is a cop getting like teary eyed at the hospital makes sense to me. That's Absolutely. the role of giving LL. Okay. I, I think you guys are really fucking selling LL Cool J short. Uh, I would like to see LL Cool J pull an Eddie Murphy nutty professor and play every single character in the movie. (laughs) 
it would have been interesting to have LL Cool J play the stepmom and have it be yeah. like, oh, dad's with a black guy now and I don't want to go home. I'm awkward about it. That makes that movie way more entertaining and way more of a reason for him to not go. As a gay man, I'm not saying that homophobia is cool. I'm saying that I would love to see the 90s acknowledge the fact that someone's dad went home with a black guy and they were like, I'm just uncomfortable going home right now. I like the... Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, just some of the other lines, LL Cool J now being the step-parent would be fucking amazing to where JTT's like harboring this resentment. He's like, do you think nine months after my mom dying is quick? And it's just like, yo, his dad has like been into like black dudes like for a while. (laughs) That's not something that like just happens. Like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. I also think LL Cool J could have played the bus driver. Like, I think that's some comedy. Because I think this movie needs comedy. Like, one of the things that I wrote is that this movie doesn't work because there are no funny people in it. And I think if you get, like, LL Cool J being his 90s self uh, as the bus driver, you get some of that comedy brought in. All right, well, now that we're talking about this, I, let's, just, let's just get into the makeover. Guys, I want to know... The studios are giving you money to remake this movie. Who are you casting in it, and what are you doing to make this plot workable? Tyler, our guest, please make this movie work. I was gonna—I mean, I was gonna say Idris Elba, but I fucking love the idea of LL Cool J playing every single character. I would—if I, a studio gave a hundred million dollars, I would be like, "All right, let's do it." I would absolutely—I would go to the movie theater to watch that. <laughs> Honestly, if LL Cool J was in this movie playing what we've decided is now a story about a kid avoiding his dad and his dad's new boyfriend, a Christmas birdcage, if you will, um, I, I'm kind of, I would see it at the very least. I would watch it. Here's the thing. I think you should write that down because that pitch is amazing. A Christmas birdcage is, <laughs> that is the hallmark version of this movie and I am here for it. <laughs> Siege, how would you make this movie work? Okay, so for me, you know, honestly, we talked about it a little bit, but this movie works better if you change the perspective. I think the road trip between Jessica Bill and Eddie is way more interesting. I think seeing them be people who hate each other, her boyfriends somehow stood her up. Um, she doesn't so, know the reason why. We keep getting cuts to the boyfriend trying to catch up with them, but we don't really understand. And it's kind of like a she's all that situation where Eddie's responsible for it, but in the end, we kind of are on Eddie's side. You know what I mean? I would, I, so I, I felt like a Christmas when Harry met Sally, like a forced road trip yeah. with people who dislike each other, but charm each other along the way. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, but I was just saying, like, if we still wanted to be, like, goofy and kid-friendly, we still cut to the boyfriend every once in a while trying to catch up with them and doing like his same little side stories that don't make sense. But we are really getting this, as you said, when Harry met Sally, um, kind of watch this relationship develop. Or better yet, it's just about Allie. And at that point where she finds out that Eddie's involved and her boyfriend's a dick, she just leaves both, both of them, goes home and has herself a Merry Little Christmas. That is what I think this movie should be about. Who are you casting in this remake? Ooh, um, I feel like the modern time, it would be like J-Law. She would, you know what I mean? Okay, all right. Yeah. Like like personality. Uh, But if we wanted to go younger, I don't know. Hologram Aaliyah. 
<laughs> I have so many questions for Aaliyah, guys. I I can't get into it here, but I have so many questions. Um, can I talk to you guys about my makeover? Yeah. Um, I would redo this movie, but I would change out Jonathan Taylor Thomas for like a Zendaya. Am I yeah. saying that right? Okay. Yeah. I feel like making the main character a female versus a male, I think I like that relationship better. I The relationship between the daughter and the father. Um, of course, she hates her stepmom. And just like, I, I don't know. I just feel like that's something that would work where I would sympathize with her, but she can kind of be more rude to people in a way that uh, wouldn't be so like douchebaggish. Um, and I also just think that I don't like having a romantic lead at all. I kind of just like this idea that this person is trying to get home for a really selfish reason. And along the way, they're interacting with people that really tear them down. Almost like, if you can imagine like, the Christmas Carol as a road trip where instead of like the ghost of Christmas present and future and all that stuff there, he's interacting with these people having these moments that make him reflect about what he's doing wrong in the past and the present and how he can change the future to the point. So when he finally arrives in New York, he arrives with a heart that's open for Christmas. And exactly. Like I thought that's what this, that's what I thought I was getting with this movie originally and to see how it actually turned out kind of made me sad um, and again, I feel like even for your pitch or for my pitch, uh, I think I've mentioned him before, but Noah Centineo, does anyone know who he is? He's the guy from uh, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. He's, a, he's very, very much like the teen go-to guy now because he's kind of like charming and he's kind of like racially ambiguous and all this other stuff. Anyway, he is someone, if you ever get a chance, look him up. I feel like he would do this role better uh, or equally as charming, but he also has comedic chops, which we aren't really getting in this movie. This whole movie needs comedians, honestly. Like, <laughs> all of the side characters were like the leads of Reno 911. I'm instantly more yes, interested in God. this goddamn movie. Absolutely. Amazing. Or even like, give me like a, the, the latest cast of SNL. You know, like, yeah, have something yeah. out there, not Kate Middleton, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, anything else about this movie, guys? Any other any other things that you would like to? Would you recommend this movie, Tyler, to anyone? No, not at all. And it makes me think less. <laughs> we were talking about it. How my wife, she was like, my sister, this is her favorite movie. And I, now looking back on it, I'm just kind of like, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want a follow up to this movie where Jack. It, like, it, it becomes like an Ocean's 12 situation because Jack clearly goes to jail um, as he gets older for fraud. And I just want to see where that picks up. That's my only other... I would just like to rewatch this movie with Jess, uh, Jessica Biel and have her tell me about like behind-the-scenes set stories about all the sexual harassment jokes that were taking place. Uh, she couldn't come forward because it wasn't time yet. The time <laughs> is now. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that's it, guys. Uh, this has been a great episode. Tyler, thank you for coming. Thank you for, uh, you know, giving us your thoughts and insights. We always enjoy having you. Thank you for having me. And I'm putting it out there into the ether. If you guys fucking review the movie Blank Man without me, I'll, <laughs> I'm going to call the cops. I'll call the local cops wherever you are, and I'll make sure that they come and arrest you. Because that is... hate crime, I get it. That is my favorite movie. My mom has spent oh. maybe <laughs> my mom has spent maybe two hundred dollars renting Blank Man from Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs>
Bro, 2020 is looking bright for you. Uh, we are going to do, do this. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, that has been our episode. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at itbraverme, at braver.me. And CJ? You can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. As always, I'm TC. And I'm Siege. Make, Make over and, and out. out. Hey, Jingle Balls, move your candy cane. <laughs>